I just want to thank you guys for, for welcoming us this weekend. I want to thank you that, that every time I come here, it's like, it's like coming home. And there is a, a, a section of, of my heart, and it's not that I have a divided heart, but there is a section of my heart that is, that is here, that is with you guys. You know, when I come, I don't just try and bring something that's just a generic thing. I seek what the Lord is, is I believe, saying for you guys today. Um, and as we know, Friday we were speaking. I don't know if some of you guys have been watching online. For those of you who haven't, the Lord gave me three lines, what I was to, what I was to bring, three titles, what I was to bring over this weekend. And the first one was that, that God is faithful. And I want you to know that God is faithful. If you've not watched online, know today, know this morning that God is faithful. No matter what your circumstance, no matter what you are going through, no matter what situation you find yourself in, God is faithful. The second title, what we started to look at was that man's heart is unfaithful. You know, the heart is deceptive above all things. And we declared, you know, that, that let God be true and every man a liar. And the third title that, that, the Lord, that the Lord gave me was to keep the marriage bed undefiled. And I've been wrestling with this. I really have been wrestling with it. What is it, Lord, that you want to say through these things? Well, I just, I was so encouraged this morning. I've not been with you guys for at least six months. And, and there is so many different things that have started in the, in, since I've been here. I love, Claire, what you did this morning encouraging your women. I love what you did. Liz, where's that trophy? Hold it up. Hold that trophy up. That is an amazing thing. Do you know that women have got a place in the kingdom of God? Yeah. Women have an integral part of God's plan and purpose. Amen. You know what I mean? Jesus actually did what he did alongside a crew of women who were going around ministering as much as the men were. That's the truth. And guys, you might feel left out this morning that you didn't get a trophy. But do you know that your wife is a trophy of grace? That is the truth. That is the truth. And do you know, church, that you are the bride of Christ? And, and we're called to be the bride of Christ, to present ourselves spotless and, and, and unblemished before the groom. Do you know that there is going to be a wedding, a celebration at his coming when the bride and the groom are joined together and they will be unseparated for eternity? Just get a hold of the picture. The one who spoke creation into being. Coming in to the back of the aisle. With his bride ready to come and greet him. Strike up the organs. Strike up the, the heavenly chorus. As we are brought to stand and to become one with him. Hebrews 13 verse 4 tells us that marriage is honorable amongst all. And the bed should be undefiled. Fornication and adulterers. God will judge. 
Now, this morning, I just want us to know that, you know, when, when we're talking about marriage, I just want to define what we, dis- what, what we define marriage as. Defarage? Mar- defarage? I don't even know what defarage is. <laughs> marriage is defined. That's what defarage is. <laughs> the definition of marriage <laughs> is one man exclusively with one woman to the exclusion of everybody else. There is no other definition of marriage. No matter what the world says, no matter what is pushed upon us, this is not God's definition of marriage. I know that I'm preaching to the choir here. (laughs) I hope I'm preaching to the choir. (laughs) In Matthew 19, verses 5 and 6, Jesus says a man is to, to leave his mother and his father and he is to cleave to his own wife to become one flesh. I started to look into this, friends, and to, to leave your father, your mother, and, and I, I, just, I just really start to pray, God, what is it you, you want to bring out of this? Well, well, we know that realistically the Bible tells us that, that Satan is the father of lies. Satan is the father of lies and he's the father of all deception. If we're coming into a spiritual marriage with, with the king of the universe, leave our father. Leave the father of lies and come into that glorious union. The glorious union with, with the king of kings. The marriage bed should be undefiled, which means it shouldn't smell of anybody else I'm going to tell you that again guys girls I don't know if you go out at night time and you come back with somebody else's scent on your collar if you do repent repent because you have one wife you have one woman one woman who is your one flesh and if that woman's not enough for you you're not enough for her guys this morning A real man, a real man has eyes for his own wife. A real man, I mean, I know, I know. I mean, when I met my wife, I'll tell you the truth. The truth is when I met my wife, she was young. She was, she was young. She was, she was slim. She's beautiful. Do you know something? The camera can watch this because I want the world to know this. You need to know this. And when I met my wife, the the type of woman I was looking for was young, slim, beautiful. Somebody who looked at me and they looked at me and they found me desirable. And you know something? I looked at her and I found her desirable. But the truth is, friends, 10 years later, when she'd had more children and she'd got a little bit larger at that point, and when she was still struggling to to make things work right, and when she was going out, she was working in the daytime, she was coming home and she was cooking food. And when she'd cooked food, she was trying to clean house. And when she'd clean house and she was still trying to make time for her husband, That was the kind of woman that captivated my heart and I was attracted to. 
And I'll tell you something, now that our children have grown and she's older and she doesn't move as fast as she used to do, she's still beautiful. She's still the woman who captured my heart. She is the woman that I have fallen in love with. I am one flesh with her. This morning, that's why I say record this. <laughs> this morning, men, I'm speaking to you in particular, be faithful to your own wife. If you go out, don't come back smelling of somebody else. If you go out, don't come back with, with makeup smeared across your cheek. You're prostituting yourself and you're putting yourself in a place and making yourself cheap. You're cheap. You're to leave your father and his ways. You're to leave your mother and her ways. Both my parents had affairs. I determined that in Christ, in my generation, this stops. And you can determine today that no matter how you find yourself, that your children will not follow in the footsteps which you followed in. My wife, she was, she was beaten by her previous husband. I determine that she will not, my children will not follow in that footsteps. This stops with that generation. Today, if you love and honor and respect and uphold your wife, you can make the change today. Do you know that we're called to be one flesh? And do you know that flesh of itself cannot harm itself? Every time that there is in the Bible an example of somebody harming themselves, it is related to demonic activity. That's the truth. Yeah, you look at it in, in 1 Kings chapter 18 when Elijah is on Mount Carmel. And as he is on Mount Carmel, and he is challenging. In fact, it's, it's interesting. Elijah's name is, if you take it as the literal, God is God. What did he do? He came and he, he, he put a challenge out before the nation. A challenge out before the status quo of what is happening at the time. A challenge that's coming out at the time. Look, my God is true. All the things that you can see, and believe me, I've started to look into this. I've been studying this for months now. The things of Elijah's time are the exact things of what we are seeing today. People, men emasculated, women dominating men. Because the relationship between man and woman and, and, and the, the definition of marriage has been twisted beyond all recognition. Friends, we need godly marriages but Elijah on Mount Carmel he was turning around and he was saying look where is your God where is your God and we can turn around to the world today and say where is your God because my God is faithful and I see my God moving I can see my God still moving still transforming still still restoring and and renewing lives world where is your God where is your God And at that moment, when, when the world was crying out to their God, what were they doing? Cutting themselves. Letting blood. Demonic activities. 
following after demonic gods. You've been called to one flesh with your wife. You've been called to one flesh with your husband. And if you're harming one flesh, it is demonic activity that is keeping you in a place because you cannot harm yourself. You need to be set free. And why, husbands, if you're seeing your wife as, as less than a trophy of grace this morning, Liz, can I just borrow your trophy a minute? What do you do with a trophy? You show it off. You show it off. You see, when you go home, where's this going, Liz? Is it going in the cupboard out of the way? Absolutely not. <laughs> when you go home, this is going on your fireplace, isn't it? And every time you walk past, you haven't got a fireplace. It's going somewhere where you can see it. On the piano. On the piano. My word, this is a posh household. <laughs> this is going on your piano. And when it goes on the piano, every time that you walk past, you're going to look at that and think, that's my trophy. That's my trophy. And guys, every time that, that we look at our wives, we, we should be looking and saying, you know something? That is my trophy of God's grace. That's my trophy of God's grace. Every time that we walk past a trophy, I've, I've only ever had a few. I've never really been one that's had many trophies. The best trophy stayed with me. The best trophy I ever had was, was one that I look at. And if I see it slightly tarnished. I'm going to rub that mark out. I'm going to show that trophy off and I'm going to I'm going to make sure it shines and I'm going to make sure it's polished and I'm going to make sure that it always looks and, and is the best that it can be. But the trophy that I'm talking about, my friends, is my trophy of grace. My trophy of grace, which is bigger than this one. It's about five foot six. It dyes its hair blonde. Don't tell her I told you that. <laughs> You see, if there's something that's, that's, I look at my trophy, my trophy of grace. And if I see it's tarnished, I'm going to polish her. I'm going to admonish her. I'm going to build her up. Guys, what we don't do with our trophies is punch them and dent them. We don't. We don't. If you're punching and denting your trophy, you're punching and denting yourself. And if you're harming yourself, we know from Scripture where that comes from. The two places in Scripture, people being harmed, it's demonic activity. You're under the influence of something else. And if you're continually under the influence of something else, you need to be surrendered and come to the one who can change it. And that's Jesus.
He can deliver you. He can set you free. The second place where I can demonstrate from Scripture is when Jesus comes and he meets the man, the legion, who is amongst, interestingly enough, the language here actually really does show where it's coming from. The legion, the man who had the legion of demons, where was he? He was amongst the tombs of the dead. He liked to hang around things that were dead. He liked to hang around things that there was no life in them. I would ask you, where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your time? Do you spend your time alongside things that, that build up life? Do you spend your time in things that will shine, things that will bring you life, things that will build faith? Or do you spend your time in places of the dead, in places where, where, where people are in drunkenness, orgies, revelries, and doing all kinds of things that just lead into destruction? This man who was, who was the legion of demons, where did he spend his time? In the place of the dead. What did he do? Well, he was in the place of the dead, harmed himself. What did he do? He cut himself. He was bound up in chains. Are you bound up this morning? Are you harming yourself by harming the one that God has given you? You've been called to one flesh. You've been called into a one flesh relationship exclusive to all others. Polish your trophy. Don't dent it. Polish your trophy. Build your trophy of grace. Don't bash it. Determine to cut off that that which was of the father. You may have seen your father beating his, your mother. That doesn't mean that you have to beat your wife. You may have seen this happening all across the generations. Just because you've seen it for a long time doesn't make it right. Sin has been happening for a long time and God still says it's wrong. Friends, today, do not defile the marriage bed. And when I say that defiling it, defiling it is bringing things that don't belong into it there. If you're bringing violence into the marriage bed, it doesn't belong there. And the marriage bed is the marriage bed, the thing that it is laid upon. A place of intimacy, a place of security, a place of closeness, a place of love. A place of passion, a place where there is closeness. A place where there is a union that is exclusive to anybody else. A place of coming together, a place of love. A place of fruitfulness. You see, the God, he honors the marriage bed. He honors the marriage bed. He, he blesses it. It is a place of fruitfulness. He told us to go and to be fruitful. Where's the place of fruitfulness? The marriage bed. He told us to honor our wives. Where do we honor our wives? In the foundation of our relationship, the marriage bed. You see, you may see things all the way through. I mean, everybody's got all kinds of things and, and all kinds of devices and things like that. And you'll be looking at some things. I promise you, some of the things that you see are not natural. 
Some of the things that the world is, is pumping into your eyeballs is not natural. You're looking at images that are not natural. You're watching videos that are not natural. Things that harm. Things that reflect the world. Let me tell you, an intimate relationship between a man and a woman that doesn't honor the other one is wrong. It is wrong. If it can't be done in love and it can't be done in submission and it can't be done in sacrifice and love for the other person, it is wrong. If your desires are unnatural, they are wrong. They don't honor, they don't build up, they don't edify the other one. It's gone awfully quiet. <laughs> it's gone awfully quiet. I feel I need to spell it out a little clearer. And I really didn't want to do this. Sex that is unnatural needs to be repented of. Sex that you fantasize of somebody else laid with you needs to be repented of. We need to honor and make the marriage bed undefiled. A place of honor, a place of sacrifice, a place of love, a place of unity. A place where, where it reflects. Where it reflects the desires and the relationship that the Lord desires with us. This is the level of intimacy the Lord wants with his people. This is the level of intimacy the Lord wants with his church, his bride. His bride. There's a wedding coming, friends. There's a wedding coming and you're invited. In fact, you know, at this wedding, you've got a place of prominence, a place of honor. Where you will be dressed like you've never been dressed before. You'll be dressed in in his complete righteousness, in submission, in expectation to become one with the King of Kings. Friends, this morning, does your heart go after the things that does not please the one who is our betrothed? Friends, this morning, do our hearts desire things that are less than what the King, than what our husband to be? Do our hearts desire less than what he intended for us? Do we cheapen our, our expectations and go after the things of this world? Do we prostitute ourselves and come back reeking, reeking of, of another's perfume? His fragrance, his fragrance should be upon us. Friends, I want to ask you this morning, and this is, a, this is a hard challenge, and it's something that you would have to consider. 
Do you smell like Jesus? Are we walking that close, spending that much time with him that we smell like Jesus? Do you know something? When I go away, I, I tend to, like, my, 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 my hoodies and things like that, I, you might think that I'm minging here, but I don't wash them every time that I've worn them. I will wear a hoodie two or three times before I, um, before I throw it in the washing machine. It's nothing to do with ecological or anything like that. It's just I'm lazy and I put it back in the cupboard. <laughs> well, actually, let me tell you the truth here. I'm not proud to admit this. But there's this table in my house. And I put my hoodie on the table. Something happens when I put my hoodie on the table. In fact, I'm terrified of putting some things on this table. Because when I put my hoodie on this table, it seems to disappear from the table and end up back in my cupboard so I can pick it out again. I will never, ever put my wallet on that table. <laughs> oh, guys, sorry. <laughs> you might wonder where I am going with this. Where I'm going with this is, when, my wife, when I'm away, like I am this weekend. And when I'm, when I'm traveling, Lucy, she turned around, she says, you know something? She said yesterday, she said, I was doing the ironing. And the ironing in our house, it lives in the bottom of my wardrobe until it gets taken out. It's not necessarily her job. She was just there. She was doing it. Sometimes it's my job. Sometimes it's hers. But she went in to get the ironing. She said, I opened your wardrobe door. She said, I could smell your fragrance. I could smell what you smell like coming out of the wardrobe. Why? Because I have a particular, a particular perfume that I put on myself that I like, that she likes. It was my fragrance that, that came around, even though I wasn't there. She said it was a reminder of, I'm yours and you're mine. Bible tells us, it says that we are the aroma of Christ. I would ask you, friends, this morning, do we smell like him? Or do we smell like somebody else? And if we smell like somebody else, we need to be washed. Washed by his blood. Washed by his, his aroma. And start to smell like him again. Start to smell like his fragrance. Start to smell like his presence. Start to see his, his purposes come to pass for us. Do you know that you are his bride? That's what the Bible says, that the church is the bride of Christ. You don't believe me? Let me tell you. Let me, show, let me read this. Whew. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 2 tells us this. It says, I am jealous for you. This is Jesus talking. Jesus is, it's, it's Paul speaking, but speaking about of Jesus. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to 
one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. One that has not known anybody else. One that has never had desires for anybody else. One who is pure. One who is spotless. One who is ready to receive her one true love. The only one who she's been set apart for. Christ. That says that you've had an intention ready for him. Don't defile yourself. Don't defile this, this bed that's being laid for us. Ephesians 5.27 says that he might present himself, he might present her to himself. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. She should be without blemish. The church being presented to Christ. Revelation 19 verse 7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife, his wife has made herself ready. Are you ready? Are you ready for him? We know that he is coming. We know that he is, he is returning soon. We know that Jesus went to the cross. We know that his blood was shed. We know that he was buried in the tomb according to the scriptures to to fulfill the, the full aspect required by law. We know that Jesus, when he went to the cross and died, that he, three days later he rose again, a sure sign that the price of sin had been paid. If there were one sin that had not been overcome by the sacrifice of Christ, he could not have been raised to life again. However, he was raised to life again. He has ascended to the right hand of the Father. And he is soon again to return. And this time he's not coming as a servant. He is coming as a king. He is coming for a king to reclaim his bride. Bride, his wife, are you being made ready? Are you being made ready? We heard this morning about the wise and the foolish virgins. The bridegroom is coming and he is coming soon. The terror of the Lord to come. If we're not ready, it doesn't bear thinking. In fact, no, it does bear thinking about. Do not find yourself in those days without oil. Do not find yourself in those days not ready. When he comes, it's too late. If we're not in, if we're not with him, if we're not ready, if we're not prepared at that moment, if we're not submitted at that moment, as soon as he arrives on the cloud and every knee bows down and says, you are Lord. If we have not done at that moment, it's too late. The book's been closed. We all have a part to play of being a part of his bride.
You've got a part of his, the body of, of his bride to, to build up. Are you playing your part? Are you playing your part this morning? Is your name written in his book? Are you ready for his return? Are you preparing yourself with oil ready for, for, the, for the coming of the king again? This morning, folks, friends, family, I'm urging you, I'm, I'm pleading with you. Be ready. Be ready. As we've just read in Revelation there, his wife is making herself ready. Are you ready? Or do you still smell like the world? Are you ready? Or are you defiling the marriage bed? Making it impure before you're even ready to lie down? Are you ready? I can see a few people this morning. I can understand. I, I, I believe that some people are really being touched and stirred by this. Some people are thinking, my word, I, I, I want to be ready. And if you're, being, if you're being brought to that place of I need to be ready, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to turn around and say, it's okay, you will be. Press in and make sure you are ready. The stakes are too high to try and soft soap you guys. I love you too much to soft soap you. This is not a, I will come and I will be ready. Be ready. Now, today. Put away the things that, that make you smell like somebody else. Put away the defilement. Put away the adultery. Put away the, the pornographic nature of things. Put away the, the unfaithfulness. Put away the, the, the damage that you are inflicting upon yourself. And be ready. Be made ready. An undefiled marriage bed. Ready to be unified. A bride ready to receive her husband. Her king. This morning, friends, I don't know how you came in here. I don't know how you arrived and what the state of your heart was when you arrived here. But Pastor Claire, she was talking about Esther earlier on. You know, I love the story of Esther. I really do. It reflects the nature of, of who God is and what he does. Esther was a slave. She, in the land where she lived, she was a slave. She was a slave girl in, in Xerxes' palace. She was a slave. She was an orphan. That's how she came. Slave, orphan. What's her story? She met with a king. And she became the queen. I don't know how you arrived this morning. But I know that God transforms. When we come to him. Look at her story. A story of a victim 
a story of one who has been who has been displaced, a story of one who was a slave in another land, a captive, an orphan, a beggar. One who had no 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 way of her own thing, no way to express her own desires, no way to follow her own dreams. But when she came into the presence of a king, having prepared herself, the whole story of Esther is a beautiful story. She went into, into the harem, ready to meet with the king. And as she'd met, as she as she was in the harem, the Bible says that that she was shown favor. She was shown favor, and as she was shown favor, she learned. Listen to this. She learned what pleased the king. She learned what kind of what kind of outfit would please the king. She learned what kind of perfume pleased the king. She learned what kind of, of demeanor pleased the king. She learned the ways to please the king. She learned the ways to, to his heart. Long before she met him, she understood the nature and the, and the things that the king was looking for. And she purposed in her heart that when I meet the king, he will be pleased with me. As she went in to the presence of the king, she went in a slave. She went in an orphan. And she walked out royalty. Do you know what pleases him? Does your heart chase after the things that he desires? Or does it chase after the things that, that you desire? If your heart chases after the things that you desire, the king doesn't want you. You've got no place with him. The king desires submission. The king desires all of your attention. The king desires that you only have eyes for him. You can see the picture of this. The husband and the bride here, can't you? The king of kings desires that you only have eyes for him. The king of kings desires that you, you lay down your desires for his. The king of kings desires that you learn and prepare yourself for him. The way that we learn and, and, and prepare ourselves for him is in submission. In submission of my will, in submissions of my desires for his. Why? Because his desires for me are better than the ones that I have for myself. His desires lead to life, where, whereas mine would, I assure you, would lead to death. 
This morning, friends, I'm going to ask you, do your desires line up with his? Are you submitted to him? Are we ready to meet with him? If you're harming yourself, if you're harming the one that you're supposed to love this morning, you need to be set free from that. If you're harming yourself this morning, you need to be set free from that. If you have things that, that take your attention before him and there's things that you need to meet and, and have your own needs met before you meet him, you need to lay those things down. The groom will not settle for us smelling of somebody else. He wants us to smell like him. He wants us to be prepared for him. Friends, can we just stand together? This morning, guys, I just, I just want us to start to stretch out. This morning, there's some, there's some people who just need to lay some things down. This morning, there's some people who need to come and they need to say, Jesus, your way, your way. Not my way, your way. Or your way, Yahweh. <laughs> Can we pray together this morning? Just cry out. Don't be shy. Lord Jesus, today, I lay down my desires. Today, I turn away from the things that have captivated my heart. Today, wash me. Wash me with your blood. Wash me with your blood that I only smell like you. I turn away from all others that have captivated me. And I surrender. I surrender to you. I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my life to you. And I determine to live only for you. Today I cast off my righteousness like filthy rags. And I surrender to you. Because you clothe me in your righteousness. Today, I want to make myself ready. Make myself ready to meet with my husband. My heart will not be unfaithful to any other. I'm desiring and ready to meet with you.